Yo, Ryan Hartley here from What You Bet Yesterday. Here we go. This is day three of the Heart Week. Back in February, I shared a live series taking um, our Facebook and Instagram communities through Heart Week. And I wanted to make sure that you didn't miss the opportunity to connect with our heart framework so that it enables you to really explore what it means to be a heart-centered leader. On Monday, we shared about heart set, how to connect with and lead from our heart set. Uh, on Tuesday, we shared heart work, which is all about um, doing what you love in the world in the service of others. And today is all about heartbeat, how to lead heart-centered teams. I hope it inspires your leadership in some way. Here we go. Here is heartbeat. Today, yo, Ryan Hartley here from Voice Fitness today, live on Instagram, live within our Facebook community, both of our greenhouses environments where hopefully when you spend time with us and time together, you're left a little bit better than you were yesterday. So um, I'm here showing up again, day three of Heart Week. I started at the beginning of the week, trying to bring more heart into our life and into our leadership, not just saving all this heart and love for, for Valentine's Day, um, but trying to make it a way of life, a way of being. And the best way that I can really do that is to try and give you some ideas and some concepts that really uh, transcend the mind. And day one, we talked about heart set, how we can connect to our own heart set. We're, we're familiar with the term mindset. I truly believe that there's something deeper that we can connect with that gives us a sense of identity, of character, of values and purpose. And it's by connecting to our heart set is the step one that we take in becoming heart-centered leaders within the world. Uh, step number two is to then show up in the world using our gifts, our skills, our talents to serve other people. We call that heart work. So yesterday was heart work. If you've not seen um, day one heart set or day two heart work, you can either look at the videos and the series on Instagram or go back and check some out for, uh, within the Facebook community. Today, uh, so if you think about the first two days, it's all been about self-leadership, getting clear on our heart set, getting clear on our heart work um, and who we like to serve in the world. Today is about coming to the world now as an expression of our heart and as an expression of our love for um, serving others and creating spaces and places for people to come and do that. And it's called Heartbeat, sticking with the heart framework, always better than yesterday, heart framework. Today is all about heartbeat, raising the heartbeat of your teams to become heart-centered. So this is all about, for the next 20 minutes, some practical things that you can do as a leader to create heart-centered teams uh, and be part of heart-centered teams, to lead heart-centered teams, which will inevitably go on to influence um, your organization and your communities from the inside out. And this is the first time that you're checking out any of this content. Or I just, I just want to create a container of clarity around what I mean by um, leadership. And, um, you know, I spent 12 years in the UK police service where in the early days it would be leadership would be this idea of rank and of position and whatever they had on their shoulders and however long we'd been in the organization and how much knowledge or experience or maybe how close the parking space was to the building. Um, and just before I left, we really started to embrace what it really meant to be a, a leader. 
And two significant things happened to me at the same time in my life was I became responsible for another human being. So um, my son was born, uh, Corey, uh, and I became a line manager for the very first time. And the reason that's significant is because here I was doing the kind of 3am night feeds with, with Corey and I just my role in, in the home became about nurturing and guiding and serving and looking after this little helpless being who relied on on me and his mum to to keep him alive. Um, and, and it was pure sacrificial love. It was, you know, you get up and if you're a parent, you understand that no one really wants to do the 3 a.m. night feed. No one really wants to do the, the 3 a.m. night feed. So let me just go back a few seconds because I think I've just lost my friends here on Facebook. I was just saying two significant things happened to me um, in my life, which has really helped shape my heart set for for leadership. And that is becoming a, a line manager and a parent for the very, very first time uh, in the same year, within almost six months of each other. And, you know, doing the 3 a.m. night feeds is an act of sacrificial love. No one really wants to get up and do the 3 a.m. night feeds. It's using my time, my energy, my love, my resources to nurture this little being uh, who depends on me and his mum. And then I'd go into workplaces and, and, and I'd find my my role was not necessarily about doing the tasks and the processes, but it was more about helping people develop their skill set and their confidence and their ability to influence and serve other people. And I just found that this nurturing style just wasn't just fit for the home. It was it almost felt like my role within leadership. And, and, and that's just when it became really clear to me. That leadership isn't rank and things on my shoulder. Uh, leadership is an act, it is a behaviour, it is a choice. Um, and the definition that I have here at Always Better Yesterday is just that leadership is the act of putting my own needs to one side to serve others. Much like the 3am night feed and much like the situations at work when I would put my own task list to one side, my own time to one side, my own psychological safety, as it were, to put other people before me so that I could help them be better in their role to go out and have more influence. So leadership is a verb, leadership, and that's really important because it's going to set the frame of context for the next 15, 20 minutes where I share eight things that I think will be the hallmark of your heart-centered leadership and your teams. Um, and it the fundamental prerequisite is that we see leadership through this act of service. Um, if we're going to see leadership in any other way, the thing you're going to hear from me in the next 15, 20 minutes is just not going to work. I'm not your guy. I'm not the one that's going to educate your heart and mind on leadership. If you don't fundamentally believe that without service, there is no leadership. The empowering thing is that we can all be leaders. Whoever we are, wherever we are, we can lead from character and um, demonstrate that leadership behaviour, shall we say. So here we go. Uh, eight different ways that you can bring heart into your team and organisation. The, the value in all of this will be in the implementation. And if there's something I say that doesn't quite give you the why or the how, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I've got 15 minutes to try and capture your heart and your mind for heart-centred leadership. And if you want to learn some practical whys and hows to implement, then let's keep this conversation going. This isn't a sell. Let's have a two-way conversation. Reach out to me. Ask me questions about specific things that I've said. I will answer your question. I'm not going to lure you into a discovery call and sell you something, I promise. 
My desire here is just to bring a little bit more love and heart into your team, your life, your leadership. Um, so if I don't go to a level of depth that you would like me to, reach out, message me. This is hard, right? This is really hard. And to be able to do this style of leadership requires us to lead ourselves, which is why days one and two were all about connecting with our heart set and leading with our heart work so that when the time comes for us to be to do the difficult, the people around us get the type of leader that they deserve, the one that is signed up to do difficult things and to continue to put other people first, no matter what situations we may face. Okay, so number one, tip number one, it's all about creating an environment of unconditional love. And if you're not ready yet to use the word love within your team, just unconditional, unconditional. And there are so many books out there at the moment that talk about psychological safety, that trust is the foundation of good teams. I think the thing that all of these uh, books are alluding to, but don't quite um, hit the heart is... Um, is that it's unconditional love that creates safety, that creates spaces and places of people being accepted, that creates trust, that understands that trust isn't earned, trust is given. And here's what I say to leaders. If you can't proactively trust your people, there's one of two problems. Either you're the problem and you need to be learned to, to be a more trusting, loving human being. You're cynical. Or... or you recruit the wrong people. Because if we have this fundamental belief that we've got good people in our organisation trying to do their best, doing good things, trying their best, then why wouldn't we trust them? So if you can't actively and proactively trust your people, there are two issues. One is it might be you and your attitudes towards people. And two is that uh, you might have recruited the wrong people. Put that to one side. Unconditional love within the workplace doesn't look like jump this high, doesn't look like I need you to hit certain metrics, doesn't look like or sound like um, the many, many hoops that management make us feel like we need to jump through in order to feel safe and, and like we have um, a place to fit in. Unconditional says that your place within this team is not under threat based on your level of performance. That's a fundamental heart set to adopt and develop as a leader is that we do not want to be conditional, A, for our time and our love and attention and the way that we nurture and develop our people. But nor do we use performance as a way to make people feel valued and significant uh, only if they meet certain metrics and targets. So if you're trying to watch this on Facebook, I apologise. Um, there are many, many kind of connection problems that I'm having. But if you are here on Instagram... Thank you for being here. Um, so yeah, unconditional also says when we create that environment, it's like I don't need you to be anything other than yourself. In fact, I need you to be yourself. I need you to be your whole self. So the result of a, a container of unconditional love in leadership is safety, is acceptance, um, it is trust. And it is the freedom and permission that we have within those teams to bring of our whole selves to work. Number two. Number two is all about uniting our heart set. Great leaders will create a united heart set. And what do I mean by heart set? It's an identity. 
it is our values it's our character it's who we are at our best it's how we respond under pressure a leader who is able to create a united heart set amongst the team gives them the gift of connection and belonging if Brene Brown says that we don't really know people until we understand and, and know each other's values that is the gift that creating a united heart set gives the team is that you provide this identity you provide this clarity on who we are and you give people a space for belonging if unconditional creates acceptance and uh, and trust then it is united heart set that creates connection and belonging we become connected to each other because we know each other through our values and we belong because this is about um, the space and the place where I get to come and be part of this thing that is bigger than me. So a great leader or a great heart-centered leader will first create a container of unconditional love. And then they will unite their team around this heart set these shared values, these shared beliefs, this character of how we should show up in the world and this character of how do we respond under pressure? How do we deal with testing times? I'm getting slightly put off by this screen flashing at me because it's in and out of this Zoom room. If you are watching on Facebook, I'm really sorry. My internet connection is very, very poor. Um, I am live on Instagram should you wish to come over and, and check us out here. Okay, so we've created the unconditional environment. We've united our teams to our heart set. The next thing that we will do as leaders is create um, spaces and places to do our heart work. So we've, we've already identified our own personal heart work, but this is now about um, allowing people to come to the workplace um, and connect with your product, your services, whatever it is that you're doing in the world, um, with it personally. And allow people to come and find a space and place to contribute of themselves. If contribution is all about helping people matter, all right? The gift you can have as a leader is encourage them. Actually, not just encourage, but insist that your team contribute. And the way that they do that, the way that they end up feeling like they matter is understanding A, that they are valued by you first and foremost as the leader, but they can add value. To help people feel like they matter, just simple two things, that they are valued and that they can add value, which is great. So when we have a team that's connected with their heart work, they're able to that the leader is able to put their own ego to one side and tap into the gifts, the skills, the talents of those around them and insist that they contribute to something bigger than themselves. If you want your people to be influential, well, give them influence. If you want to see your team um, think and act and demonstrate leadership for themselves, well, allow them to do that in safe spaces. Allow them to have influence on you. If you want them to go beyond your time and space together, if you want them to be influential, allow them to influence. 
Unconditional creates safety and acceptance. Heart set connect, creates connection and belonging. Heart work creates contribution and meaning. And I think in those three things alone, you're going to tick off the fundamental needs that human beings have. You've created spaces and places for them to be, to be feel safe, to feel heard, to feel understood, to feel like they matter, like they belong, like they can contribute to something bigger themselves. What an environment for you to be able to create for other people, right? And there are still five other things that you can do. And now you're starting to understand when you get those three in place and journey with those, when you understand that you can bring those three in, the rest of this is going to be made more possible okay with the heart-centered leadership if people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care these first three things are going to give you more permission to lead and have influence with your team why because the first three things have demonstrated that you care about the human beings around you within your team you've given them a space and a place to belong to feel seen heard understood without conditions and you've given them a platform to contribute to something bigger than themselves, to find significance and purpose and meaning. Okay, next thing then, number four, is all about Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's all about Ted Lasso. And it's about belief. A great leader will believe in the potential of their people and their team. And so often the leader who believes in their team without seeing will end up being the one that realises the greatest potential within their teams. Too often, again, this, this comes back to being unconditional. Too often the world's conditional that says, I will only believe in you. I'll only put you into the team. I'll only put you into the game day match if you demonstrate and I can see it within you. The greatest heart-centred leaders will believe in that potential within you. They will speak it over you. They will encourage you in ways that... Um, you might not even believe it in yourself. But it is the leader who believes in people and the potential that will often see that made manifest in the world, first and foremost, because of their belief. That is your gift that you have to people and teams. Believe in people sometimes more than they believe in themselves. And what great blessings you will have when you start to see that with your own eyes. What a reward for your faith. Number five, number five, this is highly practical and very, very difficult, is about being willing to serve and sacrifice. So if you're a leader that serves others rather than seeks to be served, you're going to be role modelling what it takes um, to succeed within the team. And you are going to be a, a lighthouse and a role model for the behaviours that the others in the team should be demonstrating. And and putting your own needs to one side by being um, present and loving and serving for your team. I think Simon Sinek said it best, is said that um, rather than we all should suffer a lot, better that we all suffer a little. And I've got that quote around the wrong way. It's better that we all suffer a little than should any of us have to suffer a lot. And I think that's the heart set of what it means to sacrifice is that we all make these many little sacrifices. Why? Because the other person would do it for us too. 
And that's just what I hope and encourage, you know, to see in, in a heart-centred leader who goes first. But, you know, you sacrifice your time um, to prioritise the one in front of you. You sacrifice your task list because there's someone there that needs your guidance and support and encouragement or feedback. Your resources or even your safety, you know, sometimes they're going to be things, particularly in the next tip I'm going to give, that are going to put you outside your comfort zone. And you are sacrificing your safety in order to help others uh, get the best out of your teams and get the best out of situations that you face. So number five is all about a leader. Heart-centered leader will serve the group and will be willing to sacrifice. It will be we rather than me. And in doing so, demonstrates the types of values and behaviours that the team should demonstrate. Number six, in doing all of this, in all of this loving people, we earn the right to be tough. And I think so many people understand the phrase tough love. I think John Gordon first shared the concept of love tough with me. And um, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it because the, the real paradox that I have to try and walk as a heart-centered leader is, is loving you for all that you are now and somehow loving all who you could be in the future. And I have to hold space for loving two versions of you at this very same time. And in loving all of you now, I earn the right to challenge you to become all that you could be in the future. So when we love tough, we do what's difficult. We love first, we be unconditional, we provide spaces and places for you to contribute and to grow and to influence. But if you're not bringing your best, if there is more within you that you're not giving, then I've earned the right to challenge you and I earn the right to speak that over you. And just know that because I've created that container of unconditional love, there is no judgment. There is no conditions with which I'm challenging you. I'm not withholding love from you as a leader. I'm not withholding my encouragement from you until you meet criteria. And it is, it is because you know that there is that love there, that the feedback and the challenge to grow becomes an invite that is more often accepted rather than the other way around. Because if there is all tough, no love, it feels like nothing we can say, nothing we can do can ever be good enough. Love comes first, my friend, and then we earn the right to challenge our people to bring the best. Number seven. Number seven is about overcoming. I think the greatest heart-centered leaders, once they are connected with their heart sets, know how they perform under pressure. Once they are doing meaningful work within the world, once they are um, focused on serving and sacrificing for each other, they, they develop the capability and the capacity to become better through adversity. They step up during adversity they turn up for each other rather than turn in on each other. I think some of the weakest teams that aren't tethered to heart set and that aren't serving and sacrificing each other, they will self-destruct. They will turn in on each other. They'll be competitive. Um, there'll be blame. There'll be accusations. And all of that can fundamentally um, trip a team over very, very quickly. So the best teams aren't an absence of conflict and struggle. They're actually the ones that are going to be better for it and through it. And lastly, number eight, once we've 
create that container of unconditional love where people can feel like they can um, be accepted and stood and, and feel safe. Once they're connected to a united heart set where they feel like they um, matter and they feel like they belong. Um, once they are able to contribute their heart work to the something bigger than themselves and, and feel valued. Once they're believed in sometimes more than they believe in themselves. Once they've overcome adversity, once they continue to put all this goodness out into the world. Well, then your teams will start leaving heart prints. And heart prints is the topic of Friday, so I won't go into it too much. But let me just say you this. Great leadership gives people a place of belonging. Meaning, contribution. It provides a space and place for connection. And guess what? It gets the best out of them whilst they're there with you. And it sends them home better for those who need them. How incredible is that? This is the legacy of a heart-centered leader. You don't just get the best of people whilst they're with you. They go home better human beings for whoever needs them. This heart-centered leadership transcends workplaces. It ripples through families and communities. So my question is, will you commit to being this type of leader? Will you commit to start creating the types of heart-centered teams, organizations and communities that I've described? It's not easy. It really is not easy. It requires courage, resilience. It requires self-reflection, the willingness to be brave and vulnerable. It's messy, messy stuff. It is the pinnacle of what it means to be human and leadership is about people and only ever going to be about people. If you can advance and walk in these ways that I've shared with you, you will leave a heart print where those around you go home better for those who need them. Thank you for spending time with me. I'm Ryan Hartley. If you'd like any help um, with anything that I've shared, please just do message. If you've got any questions, if you disagree with me, fine, go and go and talk to someone else. I, I'm I'm not here to convince you that this is the way, the right way. This is my heart set. This is my heart work. You can't convince me otherwise. That might make me innately stubborn. But if you fundamentally disagree with anything that I've said, then just know that this isn't for you. And that's okay. I'm okay. You're okay. But if you'd like to contribute and add to the conversation and to grow in these ideas and these concepts and to add something to my heart set and my perspective, then let's have a great conversation. I'd love to encourage you. Um, and I look forward to welcoming you back tomorrow where I'll share principle number four of the heart framework, which is all about like-hearted. And my good friend Jason has commented at the very start of this uh, saying the greenhouse. So I want to talk about like-hearted human beings. Who are they? Where do we find them? And how do we create spaces and places for them? Also known as greenhouses. So I'll see you back tomorrow and um, keep leading with heart, my friends. Always love.